0: Hey guys, welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks. We had a bit of a Christmas break, uh, but now we're back and I have, since I last recorded, I have my new laptop, got my new headset, so new voice uh, recording software.
1: So I should sound real nice and smooth and sexy for you all. And I will sound as great as always. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Uh, So uh, it's New Year. Happy New Year!
0: Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, I'm feeling really positive about this new year. Um, Vaccines are starting to roll out, which means we can start going to events again. We can start playing our local clubs. And I've been having a lot of ideas over the holidays for sort of armies I want to play. Um, And it's a bit of a departure for me, but we'll get into that in a bit. Well, we're just going to do a quick look at the new FAQ. There's lots of good information out there already. Um, But I've had a look through it. And there's not a huge amount of changes, and I actually think this is a good thing, um, because like I was saying to Roman before we started recording, we don't have any big events at the moment, there's not that many people playing, and although there are some outlier units, like Eradicator's only got an increase of five points, which a lot of people are saying isn't enough, but I I don't think there's enough data to take those outlier units and give them a huge points increase, because we really don't know without any major events.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, like, right now, I haven't seen any games uh, played in Sweden, for example, like, at all. Uh, Sometimes I go near the Alpha Spell. Uh, That's basically one of the main places where it's possible to play 40K in Sweden with nice terrain and tables and everything else. And I rarely see people there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I do, but, like, it's usually, like, one or, like, Two persons with some like 40k stuff, but usually it's like no one is there, and uh, they kind of—I mean—they kind of advise on their website not to come and play <laughs> as yeah. well. Yeah, I know. I
0: mean, uh, for me, like I'm—I um, work in healthcare, so I'm just sort of avoiding everything at the moment. I don't have the luxury of taking any kind of risks because we've already had a corona outbreak in my department. Everyone is fine now; everyone's healthy, but. That was a bit scary, and we don't want to expose any of our vulnerable patients to, to a virus. <laughs> this is yeah. very responsible.
1: would um, responsible.
0: So as much as I'd love playing 40k, and I really, really miss it at the moment, it's all theory crap for me. Um, but looking at the, the things that, that stand out to me as the armies that I play from the FAQ, Warp Talents have come down significantly in points. That's fantastic. I am still of the belief that the points increase that we sort of start ninth was so over the top that I think it was actually a mistake. Um, and they weren't meant to be that many points because they went from a unit that was quite good, really, really mm-hmm. strong, if you gave them a vigilous um, specialist attachment to a unit that was really overcosted, even with the specialist attachment, and then they took away the specialist attachment. And it's a really cool unit. Like, who doesn't like possessed? Possessed are really cool. And who mm-hmm. doesn't like possessed with wings? That makes them even cooler, right? Um, so I'm really happy with that because I am 15 war talents. So actually being able to use them would be pretty nice.
1: Well, uh, in general, I think that what we should start with, as well, is that we should, we should mention uh, like, if you, if you open the website with the FAQs, the first thing that you will see is that some of the codexes actually had updates. Uh, Chaos Demons, uh, Gene stealer Cults, Arlequins, necron Space Marines, Tau Empire, Tyranids, and that's it. Yeah. So what actually we can take from that? We can take that probably the codex for Gene stealer cult Cults, Carlequins, and Chaos Demons, and Tau and Tyranids are not going to be the first ones which are going to be released sooner this year?
0: Well, the, the chaos demon's one was pretty minimal. Um, there's it's basically just a rules clarification. Um, they haven't touched the um, rules they got from Engine War, which I think is good because although the unkillable Lord of Change, with his um, ability to reduce damage, have a three-up roll, of vulnerable save, and heal himself with magical powers is obviously kind of obnoxious it's kind of the one thing that's holding a demon's army together at the moment um and like keeper of secrets are really strong but they're really strong in a i think fair way um so I, i'm actually glad they haven't done too much for demons i i would say that i mean actually if you scroll down there's most of the armies have, have updates most of but i'm not sure how many of the faqs I've actually had any any changes. I've opened a few of them, and it's just the same black text that was there before this came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, like with the points, it's it's very like soft. Like there's nothing there's nothing major. Um, there's yeah yeah I mean, yeah. are hit a bit, but not a huge amount.
1: Exactly. But what I meant is that, for example, uh, Admek or uh, Custodes, they actually didn't receive any updates. I mean, admec received some in engine war and Kustos uh, received some in uh, Valeria and Dalea mm-hmm. <laughs> on one model, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, but in general, in general, what I think at least about those changes is basically we have some of the codex which, codexes which were either updated a lot in uh, Engine War mm-hmm. or not updated at all. Now they actually have an update, like, again, like, uh, like Gene Steeler called, but To me, it looks like those armies are probably not going to receive a new codex in the nearest future because they just got an update. Although one one thing with that, like
0: Dark Elder, they've had some pretty significant points changes to uh, Reavers, for instance. Um, They're now down to 10 points a model, which is cheap. Uh, That actually might be an error in the opposite direction. But we know the Dark Elder book is coming pretty soon. But caveat to that is everything's been pushed back. Um, the Death Guard Codex is actually has a release date, um, and that was supposed to be out by now, and we were supposed mm-hmm. to be seeing Dark Angel, Dark Angels and Dark Elder out now, where Death Guard are coming out. So I think the, it's... I kind of agree with what you're saying that those armies are the ones that are likely to take a while, which I think is a shame, because I think Tau, Tyranids, and Demons are three that could use a look at. Demons um, yeah. have some competitive builds, but they're very stale. There's not much you can do with them. Tau and Tyranny are in an awful place. Um, but I I, I I would think that, I mean, we've done all the Space Marine stuff now. Um, after Death Guard and Dark Elder, I'm much surprised Dark Elder has come up for Craft Lord Elder. I expect Craft Lord Elder to follow pretty quickly. They're mm-hmm. such a popular army. I expect um, some other Imperium stuff and some. Chaos, core Chaos Space Marines book and Thousand Suns book, now Death Guard have theirs. In a similar manner to we had all the Space Marines at once, it would seem to me that in order to keep the fan base as happy as possible, now Death Guard have had their update, that Chaos Space Marines and Thousand Suns would have their update as well. So you, Because unfortunately, in the age of social media, companies have to respond to who's whinging the most. And I have to admit, as a Chaos Space Marine player, not a Death Guard player, I play on Morris and Empress Children, I am a bit, little bit like, well, I want my two wound noise marines and my two wound Chaos <laughs> space marines and my three wound terminators. Well, if they got three wound terminators, I want three wound terminators, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, I uh, my prediction is the next ones will be Craft World and care space. Marines. I think that's what will come after Dark
1: Angels. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think that they will continue uh, releasing codexes in two. Uh, so basically, like uh, uh, chaos plus Xenos or like casinos plus Imperium, like in, in those like basically in those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because first, it looks logical. Uh, second, we already had like a lot of like pushbacks with the releases. And uh, people are super eager to see like what ninth edition will actually look like. And now we are still kind of in the middle of it. I mean, as you as you just mentioned, we have Space Marines, but we don't have anything else. Uh, so what will happen in the future? Well, nobody really knows. Uh, so I, I'm really looking forward uh, into the updates. But when I saw those like AVQs, I was like, okay, probably, probably those codexes are going to be going to come later. And uh, I still have some hope for, for the new ADMEC and for the new costals because the updates in Asian War was pretty much like, nah, uh for example they removed the ability they removed the ability hover platform from from scorpuses and you know what guys i never ever ever in my life used this ability like just ever <laughs> that's why it's gone what's the point in having it exactly you know? it's like what's the, what's the point it's like it doesn't mean anything like if it's a flying one okay then then sure like it can fly over the objects but hovering platform basically means that it doesn't have wheels mm. and uh, honestly in 40k you don't really care like you have movement you don't care if it has wheels or like hovering platform or i don't know like bunch of gnomes which is uh holding this on their backs like if it can't move then sure like that's what i want from it uh (laughs) so i guess that's why they finally removed this ability because it doesn't make anything i mean it doesn't make any sense then they also added uh the archaeocopters uh three versions of them now they have Skitari keyword. Uh, honestly, I was thinking that it's just a bug uh, that they didn't have the Skitari keyword in them because I mean they were Skitari insights and uh, it was separated by Skitari and um, all the um, uh, oh, arts goodness. and visuals you saw like Skitari right. inside. Like, why why mm-hmm. you don't have a Skitari keyword? It's weird. And well, they added. I guess it was just a typo. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, I actually. think that admech will be pretty soon um if we look at games workshop history with codex releases when they've done a supplement that's added a lot to an army a codex to condense everything into one book is is usually come pretty quickly you can Mm. see that from um space marines when they got all of their um new stuff from Psychic awakening um they then had a codex really quickly. Obviously, code- Space Marines usually get their codex is really, really soon. Same thing happened with Chaos Space Marines. They had a lot of stuff that released in Vigilist, a lot of stuff that was like Awakening, and then they got that codex, which didn't really change anything, just consolidated everything into a book. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's already brought the books, it can kind of be like, oh, God, now I have to buy another book. But you've got to think of it from the perspective of new players getting into the game as well. Because if, if you go to the store and you say, oh, I really like uh, the admech uh and i really like those archaeocopters. uh wh- what do i what do i need to buy uh, well you need to buy this book and you need to buy this book and you need to buy this book and then you can play the archaeocomptor like that, yeah. that's too much um and i think admech are in an interesting place where they're considered a pretty competitive army i'd say like they're, they're a tier they're not they're not maybe not the s tier that people thought at the start of night. to be honest that's just space marines now but that is yeah. fine <laughs> because they're the only ones with um and I think Admech are in a real good place to get a new codex, consolidate all of those units into one book, consolidate all those special rules into one book, and maybe like even things out a bit so that the only build isn't just Mars doing loads of mortal wounds. Like, I don't think they should get rid of that build. I think it's a fine build. I don't think it's overpowered on a tournament level. I think if you're playing friendly games, maybe maybe mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. it easy. But um, giving some other builds, like some Stygis, um, I don't know any of the Forge worlds that have had some interesting builds before bringing some of that back' it'd be a good time to re out that book. I do think mm-hmm. that'll be one of the one of the one of the first ones to come, but I've gotta say I think Crawford Elder have gotta be straight after Dark Elder because they are such a popular army, and they i mean Harlequins are like the red headed stepchild they're the other army that kind of exists if you've got a dark outer book. You, you kind of need a, a crawford out of the book because they're sort of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Then another thing that I also that I also noticed that didn't happen before, or at least even if it happened, like it wasn't a huge deal. Uh, the game workshop released power rating update. So as you probably as you probably saw in each book, you have a power rating near the unit. So basically, there is becomes a unit name, and then on the left side there is a power rating of that unit. Usually, when you play tournaments. Or like you just play two thousand points, you don't really care about them. No, never. Like whatever power rating is there, it's like nah.
0: I, I don't really understand things. why power ratings exists. To be honest, I don't know anyone who plays it. I know some casual players at the start of eight for playing around with power level, but they quickly move to points. Maybe it's for kids. Maybe it's for people like you know your ten to twelve year olds who are just getting into the game. And they just want to throw their models down on the board and quickly play a game. Maybe, maybe it works there. I, I'm not part of the Games Workshop marketing team, so I, I don't know. But to me, it feels like a waste of a waste of time to keep updating power uh, level and points.
1: To me, it looks like uh, that Games Workshop wants to promote power level instead of points. It'll never happen, though. It's just not balanced. Exactly, it's not. It, uh, I mean, like, it's really difficult to argue that like power level is not balanced at all. Uh, but the first time when actually Games Workshop released anything which is in any way connected with power levels, as far as I remember, like last year's, I don't think actually if they update the power levels. For uh, I think they points. have
0: done it in a few, and I don't know if it's last year's chapter approved. I mean, I don't keep track of power level. The only thing that's really useful for, for me is summoning demons. And to be honest, the way summoning works is you have a power level, but you don't really worry about it because you just make sure. There's you generally are trying to like summon specific things, so you calculate mm-hmm. it once, and then you just make sure that roll happens with uh, stratagems and all traits and stuff. Um, so that's the only time it ever comes into competitive play, as far as I'm aware. Um, so I, I don't, I don't see. I don't see the changes, but I know they have updated power level before, um, here and there. Um, but I, I find it very hard to get excited about. Uh,
1: well, I, I still think I still think that they they want to they want this system to be used. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise there is be there will be no reason to actually uh, update those power level section because it's actually a pretty huge one. I don't remember the exact amount of page of pages, but. The list looks pretty good, pretty big and uh, pretty good. So I, I think I think they'll try to promote this thing in the future, uh, probably the new missions or something like that. So probably we should keep an eye on that. I mean, for now, it's like, again, like for now, nobody really uses those power levels. I mean, they kind of exist, but no one really cares. Uh, so we, sh- we shall see in the future what happens with that. But to me, it looks like a sign that they want to use those at least at least in the missions. Otherwise, just see no reason. I mean, the issue for me with power level is really easily explained
0: by taking a unit of Havocs or Devastators or a Space Marine equivalent. A unit of Havocs with bolters is not as good as a unit with Havocs with heavy bolters. And it's not as good as a unit of Havocs with missile launchers through to Las Cannons, like the weapon you give those units, dramatically changes not only their battlefield role, but how much damage they're going to put out. And having a unit with heavy bolters be worth the same as unit as of Las Cannons means that there's no sort of tactical decision there. Right now, with point, mm. you can say, well, you know, the heavy bolters they're cheaper, they do three shots, so they're actually good for this kind of target. Blah, blah, blah. If Las Cannons are worth the same as Heavy bolters, then you just take las Cannons every time. Like, there's no question. And the same yeah. goes for for so many things in the game, like a Alima Rust Battle Tank. Um, you very rarely see las Cannons on them. Often you see Heavy, bol- heavy Flamers, which it's they're cheap, days. and they can be fired into combat now, which lets the tank clear itself out of combat. But mm-hmm. if you were spending the same power level to get las Cannons as you would Heavy bolters, just put las Cannons on everything, I think that would make the game really... Boring to be honest.
1: Yeah, 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 that's for sure. Another thing that they also noticed that they started to update uh, the rules section. So, again, as you remember, there was like a, a grand tournament pack. I think that's that's the name where we have the mission. That's the name of the book. So, looks like they keep an eye on them and they're updating the rules for those missions as well. I didn't have time to go through all of them. Uh, but again, like it, it looks like it wasn't like when, when we, because I remember when we discussed them first, when they were just released, we've been thinking, okay, is it going to be like a practice for Games Workshop to release missions separately now and work with those missions and update them properly and like, and so on and so forth is basically, is it going to be a huge part of 40K game at the moment to have those missions separate, like as a, as a whole separate system and uh, looks like, yes, yes, it's going to be a huge new section with the new rules and its own uh, mechanics and so on and so forth. Yeah,
0: and I, I again, like with the points and with the FAQ changes, they're quite taking quite a soft and gentle approach, which, like we said, makes sense right now. We don't have a super amount of data, but there were some things that were causing consternation. I think the biggest change in the missions is the change to the secondary Witch Hunter because mm-hmm. the problem with Witch Hunter is if you are playing against a Demon's Army or a Quarfrord Army or a Harlequin's Army or whatever army that has a lot of psykers, the points that you got for doing it made a lot of sense because it's kind of hard to root out the enemy psykers when they're characters. Or if you're playing against Grey Knights or Thousand Suns, you instantly get maximum points on that because you just get it by playing the game because everything in the army is a cycle, right? And um, they've lowered the amount of points you score on that secondary. And I think that's a fantastic change because it means that what was happening in a tournament setting was Grey Knights were a really strong army and Thousand <laughs> Suns had some really strong builds, particularly allied with Zeke Demons, which is just more psychers. <laughs> and they would go... You know they do really well. Um, You have like a five-round tournament; they go four and one, but there'd be that one game where someone just brought a lot of firepower, a really strong melee army like Blood Angels or White Scars, and just like Mm -hmm. killed so many of them that they would um, immediately get fifteen points on that secondary, and that's such a huge swing of points um, that they know they're going to get just by playing the game. So reducing the points value on that like takes away the ceiling on those armies and lets them perform to the level where they can actually win a a tournament. I know Jim Vessel has won tournaments with uh, Thousand Sons and Siege Demons, but Jim Vessel is probably the best chaos player that's ever lived. So you can't use him as the example. You've got to look at like the standard games and having that ceiling in tournaments means that at a, a local club game, if I bring like a leaf blower guard list, which means I just have loads and loads and loads of artillery, and I've got like terrain on my side, and I'm playing against Thousand Suns, then I'm just going to bomb them off the table and play the survival game and just win because I max that secondary, which is just, it makes the game not fun. So I think mm-hmm. reducing that secondary was, was a great move. Also, they've reduced the amount of points you get a uh, Big Game Hunter, um, which is killing monsters and vehicles. And what they said when they did that, and um, there's actually a designer's commentary in... The Warhammer community article. They said, "Look, we want to take lots of big, cool monsters and vehicles. That's what the case should be about. Like it's set in the future where there are demons and giant monsters, and everyone has like robot suits and tanks and things. And we want to see them on the battlefield. And Mm -hmm. again, there were certain lists like Sisters of Battle had had some really strong builds, but one of the uh, favourite units for Sisters so Battle historically has been Penitent Engines and Penitent Engines were just like this, they, if you look at the unit in the Quitsgast and look at what it does it seems pretty good like three or four of those in list seems really strong but then when you're giving up basically max points on a secondary by taking them then it makes it not so good right mm-hmm. um, so reducing that like allows some of these more varied builds like with Guard um, there was a lot of excitement about Lehman Russ builds early on because they can fire the Flames into combat, which gets them out of combat and then carry on firing their battle cannons, which is, I think, really cool. And Lehman Russ is such an iconic thing. But turned out in, in a practical game setting, your opponent was maxing Big Game Hunter, super easy, uh, just like with the Thousand Suns and Grey Knights. And if you have a secondary, you know you're going to give away 15 points on. can try and play around it if you're a really good player like like a gym vessel but if you're just a normal guy or like a mid-table tournament player or even a fairly good tournament player but not someone who's you know in that elite where they're playing many many games of 40k a week it's almost impossible to play around so i think those like adjustments to secondaries were really smart not too heavy-handed so we're not going to see a dominance of these lists but it's going to let people bring those more very less instead of just spamming infantry in armies where you want to see vehicles right
1: yeah yeah so basically basically exactly as you said so they um, in, in those rules changes they basically update uh, something that can be counted as overuse or misuse something like that uh, and honestly i think that it's a really good step especially now when we have uh, not that many tournaments at the moment, unfortunately, or like not that many games. Uh, apart from that, like from the points perspective, uh, so basically at, at least what you what you will see in the section of FAQs, which is called uh, Minitorum Field Manual or something like that, I guess that's the name. Uh, you will see all the points changes and uh, those, keep in mind that those points changes, they are at least from, uh, those, are those points changes actually in in any way updated in uh, BattleScribe
0: as well? Uh, they will be in BattleScribe. BattleScribe hasn't been updated yet. The actual uh, official 40K app had the new points on dev release. I have not managed to get the app working yet personally. I've tried. I uh, tried to create an account, and it keeps telling me there's a problem with my account, and I can't figure out what the problem is. To be honest, I've had a look at the 40K app, and I was talking to someone about this the other day, and they completely agree with me that it's real pretty and <laughs> that's real nice but i don't want that really when i'm writing an army list i just want like an easy access to quickly put in the points i think battle scribe does that job better personally if you like the 40k up and you've got it working power to you but i'm i'm kind of going to
1: be sticking with battle scribe
0: personally and the points will be updated into battle scribe
1: um, yeah, so just let let's probably let's by wait. The time, so. uh, let's let's just wait till till they're updated. Uh from from what I see right now, some of the points actually were pretty pretty heavy on updates. Uh for example on Admic, I see that that is like uh Skitari OneGuard now it's nine points per model, while before that it was I think I think it was like seven. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and now you need to pay additional cost for um, uh, for some of the weapons, and uh, I, as far as I remember, some of those weapons were actually like free by default. So I mean, we shall see how it will be updated in Battle Skype when it's going to be updated in Battle and Like what exactly will happen? Because to me, it looks like some of those points changes were actually points changes from before. I mean, from before we saw uh, from I mean from before the FAQ but probably I'm wrong, like probably like they actually updated some new things here. Uh, If they did, well, uh, that means that for example, my build with a lot of Skittari one guards and Skittari rangers spam, that build basically won't work anymore, but that's fine. I mean, as we just, as you mentioned many, many times in this podcast, builds, they come and go, but your models, they're always the same. I mean, you always can put them on shelf. (laughs) And I think, like for you as an abnet, having um, this Qatari Vanguard
0: got a bit in points so that they, they're not like you're not spamming infantry anymore, and having that change to secondary that a uh, big game hunter isn't giving away um, as many as many points on the secondaries, like that's only good news, right? Because it means you can go back to a more traditional admet build that you want of having robots and tanks and dune Crawlers potentially,
1: you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, so as, as you probably already noticed, guys, I'm not super like, uh, I don't know, I'm not super sad about giving up this spam list because I always felt a little bit confo- uncomfortable with this one. Mm. So uh, to me, it's absolutely fine. And uh, they also updated the points on archaeocopters, uh So like 20 points plus. And uh, for me, it's still fine. I mean, for me, 20 points in archaeocopter is still fine. I still would use it. That's why, as we already mentioned quite a few times in our podcast, when you see new models and you know that there is an FAQ coming or some rules update coming, don't buy a lot. If you really want to buy something, buy that tiny piece of something, but don't buy everything else. Because for example, if I would love to concentrate on this um, spam list, and i would buy a lot of hounds or a lot of horses whatever now they cost way way more yeah for example uh for uh for the hounds i would need to pay at least 18 points more per model which is a lot like Mm -hmm. honestly that's a lot or like in case of horses it would be like at least 10 points more which is again Mm -hmm. a lot so It In seems that like AdMech
0: have had some, some heavier points adjustments than some, some the other armies uh, that I've looked Yeah, at. On, on,
1: some stuff, on some stuff. I guess that was made actually because people started to play this spam list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the main reason. Because from what I see on the points changes is basically those things. And they also yeah. see updated uh, some points on the Knights. Uh, Crusader, Aaron, Garland, Paladin. And uh, the basically thing that actually suffered a lot is Twin Icarus out of the cannon plus 30 points and Storm Spear Rocket Pot plus 45 points. Well, I wouldn't use Storm Spear then because it's just too expensive. I would take uh, more. Uh, tell me and I'll tell you. Uh, Scorpius's because Scorpius is only up five points. And the, five points on pyramid cannon, which I don't really use. Well,
0: a cool thing with the knights, though, is they've reduced the cost of the armature-class knights. Um, uh, I, so, like, the war glaives are, are cheaper now. And I've uh, Ines, who is a very famous Scottish player, uh, captain of the Scottish national team, mm-hmm. has been mm-hmm. running a chaos list where he's been taking a load of uh, war glaives. And he's been doing pretty well with those. With the changes to... Um, I can have, is it big game hunter or bring it down it's basically the, one of them was the old ITC name one of them is the new name secondaries but big game hunter bring it down it's the same thing um, they, they with the changes for those he's not giving away maximum points by, by putting in uh, some more glaives and with them being cheaper yeah. he's finding them like a really good like throw them at the enemy do some damage and die kind of unit which is I think a perfect role for a unit like that um, yeah. so that's, that's a cool thing for night side like, if, if Having the smaller ones be more viable um, so that you're not giving away so many secondaries and they are cheaper actually lets knights play the missions a lot, lot better because that is something we've talked about a lot here with the missions being so focused on holding objectives right now. Uh, Your traditional knights army really struggles because they don't have the the volume of models. Mm -hmm. And going away from having like a, a, a Castellan, two Crusaders and a couple of Armages to having, like, maybe four, five armages, and then a couple of big knights, really changes the dynamics of the army, so that they can be in more places on the board, and actually score some points, so I think that was a, I think that was a great change.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, I, I would personally look more into knights now, uh, considering that, because, I mean, again, like, from the admet perspective, it's really difficult to say, like, how the build should behave, while with the knights, if you play pure knights as I love to do because I love knights Uh, uh, you usually don't have that huge variety of models you know (laughs) unfortunately games for shop if you're listening to this podcast you want more knights Uh, different ones Uh, not Castellan ones please Uh, because Castellan is now 605 points plus 15 which is like I mean he's really nice on the shelf yeah, and um, just <laughs> that's, for, that's everything that I can tell about that. <laughs> and just for a comparison, like
0: Mortarian is now uh, 490 points. And,
1: and and he was?
0: I don't know, but that's less. And it's significantly less than the Castellan. And I would say they're pretty comparable in terms of survivability and damage output.
1: So, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I just don't want to take Castellan in this case. Uh, I think, I think then, you're better
0: off running a couple of Crusaders and a whole load of armatures which is going to be more dynamic exactly it's so I'm going to be, play the missions better and be better points values across the board
1: yeah I mean like I'm going to take take a look on the nights when the points will be updated cool. in Battlescribe but probably that's going to be my plan in the nearest future or or another plan is I, I still want to play all those like uh, Dune cl- Crawlers and the robots and these integrators so basically all the Atomic Tanks guys, I just love them I miss them so much, a few <laughs> days ago I took a look at my Doom color which is like beautifully painted and I was like I really want to play this model again Yeah. so probably GameStruck shop listened to my thoughts and it's like okay, okay, okay sure, like you won't play your hordes of uh, uh, vanguards anymore, you're going to play tanks, no worries, we fixed that for you you can thank us later uh, uh, probably I won't but <laughs> thank you anyway games workshop uh, I probably will take a look on how tanks work and probably I'll play down instead. I mean we shall see how it goes but like uh, honestly honestly it, it, I I when when the night when when the knife edition was just released I saw that many people started to abuse the possibilities that we actually had because of the previous edition uh, because of all this middle ground of nobody knows what happens because no tournaments uh, and i was like nah, i mean I'm, I'm i'm optimistic about the future but the current state is questionable and uh, i see now that it wasn't only questionable for me but for games workshop, workshop as well and it's like okay we're going to remove all those questionable things probably it's yeah. not super optimal at the moment Probably nine nine points for uh, Skitari is a bit too much, mm-hmm. but overall overall, let's move some, let's make some steps and see where we end up. Yeah, yeah,
0: I think like base marines being the boogeyman, obviously. Um, I would say things like outriders, blade cards, eradicators. They could have gone up by, by more points, but. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's coming in new codexes. Maybe that will even things out. Games watch obviously have a plan. And like, we don't have the tournament data. There's Australia has been managing to play a lot of tournaments. So if you're interested in what's doing well in the Australian scene, because they've had mm-hmm. a no-fly rule for the whole of Corona, they are now Corona-free pretty much. So they are completely opened up. Lucky them. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so there's a lot of tournaments going on down in Australia. Um, but And some parts of the USA um for different reasons which i won't get into um mm-hmm. there are some lax attitudes over there in certain states trying not to be political and uh they um but <laughs> well, there are there's, there is some data but there isn't like the big tournament data that we're used to having by this point so i think games workshop doing it softly planning for the new codex is coming forward and just doing these, maybe yeah, not yeah. completely accurate but relatively significant points changes and rules changes is right uh
1: well yeah i mean like i I totally agree so guys if now now if you're looking into buying something like whatever like knights or demons or matarian or castellan don't buy castellan uh (laughs) that would probably put advice to everyone like don't buy castellan i actually feel you remember guys like we've been talking about that last year last year shit it's been some time ago um uh the guys who bought those magical boxes from games for a shop from Australia, when they received their Castellans, I was like, those are lucky bastards. I mean, they mm-hmm. received the Castellan Knight for like half of its price. And now I know why, because it doesn't worth anything. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You can't really play it. So, but again, like if you really want to buy something right now, uh, well, I probably would say go for it uh mm-hmm. because the points are data here uh what if you can make your app running uh either on ios or android i richard already mentioned that he failed and i failed as well but if you're more likely than us uh then like you uh please check the points first and then i i i probably would suggest you to buy like pretty much whatever you want uh the only thing is don't just buy a lot like buy it piece by piece because if when you have a lot of gray plastic it's like it's really difficult to find the motivation to paint all of that so just go one model by one model and at some point you'll have an army just keep in keep in mind keep in mind that again those points updates they sometimes may see may look like a bit too much again like nine points for for skitari model is kind of uh questionable it's not
0: crazy like they haven't increased them by like 50 percent, so it's it's not really out of line
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So uh, just like be cautious about that and uh, buy the models you are like, what I would do personally, I would buy models which I'm like from 100% I'm going to use to like 30% I'm going to use. So it's like, if it's 100% I'm going to use, just go for them. Uh, If you're not really sure, like, is it good or not? Like, it's a questionable. We probably should try it out. Then just use proxies. For now, just it's fine. Like, if you can play, it's already something. Because, again, we here in Sweden can't really play at the moment. Uh, if you can, then you can count yourself as a privileged person.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I think this is a good segue into our, into our next section, really, which is going to be looking forward into the new year. What do me and Roman want to do? So yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna make a list of uh, New Year's resolutions of 40k for us. And uh,
1: mm-hmm. these
0: will be both like gaming things and modeling things, uh, anything 40k related. Uh, and I'm gonna get Roman to go first. Bo, give us oh, a New Year's resolution. What What do you want to do this year?
1: That's a hard one. That's a really hard one. Well, I. I I really want, I really want to continue on my, my Imperium uh, because I love my Imperium. Uh, and uh, I mean, God, God bless the Emperor. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> but what I would love to do, honestly, this year, uh, I would love to start some of the Custodes. Right. That's for sure. I would really love to start Custodes or i would love to start uh with uh sororitas okay that's one so little things. i'm gonna write down um, custodes slash,
0: uh sisters not plus or like yeah, slash, is, is there slash is a difference slash, slash sisters slash sisters, slash sisters. exactly would you like uh, to have what points level would you like to have for them by the end of I, the
1: year? I i i, I want to go uh so, I, I usually do that. I go with low expectations on myself because when I exceed those expectations, <laughs> it's like, shit, I'm really good. Uh, <laughs> and uh, if I fail with those lower expectations, well, probably I'm not that good. So, I'm trying to keep them low. So, I would say, I would say, considering all this situation with, with COVID at the moment, I would say 500 points. Ooh, very low. Okay. Five hundred points. Five hundred points. Solid army. Mm-hmm. So it's not just random five hundred points because otherwise I will, already would have like two hundred points, I think at least, because I have riders. I mean, I have the bikers. Uh, but like a solid five hundred points, what should actually be in Custodes army? So like a,
0: a nice battalion that you can fit into the Imperium you already have and play games with.
1: Yes. Cool. Yes, that's 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 the way. Uh, mm-hmm. If I mean, like, so what I'm relying on first, uh, because again, as I already mentioned, uh, we didn't see a lot of updates for either Soritas uh, or for uh, um, custodes, so I'm really relying on codex. Well, somewhere late, su- late spring, early summer, middle summer, 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 um. So I would rely on this codex. If that codex won't be released, then I probably would go with the custodes, because I was really looking into them for quite a while. I probably will go with them, and I'll try to build something uh, based on what we currently have. Mm -hmm. Uh, Probably it's not going to be super optimal, uh, but I'll try to do my best there. And uh, yeah, basically, that's it. Like 500 points, that's like a solid minimum. If we have codecs earlier, or if we have time and places to play, and like all this horrible time will be over soon, then I probably would go with 1,000 points. Yeah, so I was thinking. Let me
0: put 1,000 point stretch goal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't want to. Stretch myself to two thousand points because top two thousand points basically means you have like the full play army and in case of custos that also means that I'll need to buy something from Forge World, World. Yeah. yeah, like some tanks or like whatever. And I don't really feel comfortable about that at the moment because like if I buy them and like nothing happens or like I can't play, nah, I don't don't really want to think about that to be honest. Uh, so nah, uh, just. 500 points, Bayer, Army, like, good battalion that they can plug into either Admech or probably, probably in most cases is going to be uh, Astra Militarum and then, like, see how it plays together. That's, I mean, like, it probably, it probably looks modest, but it's achievable and achievement yeah. is really important. Wow, well, am I Goal. actually my
0: first one is kind of similar in a kind of roundabout way but I've got quite a large demons collection. I'm looking at nearly 2,000 points of slash demons um, I've got bits and pieces of the other gods but nothing really super coherent I have a lot of demon princes um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they, um, they aren't that great in a demon's army they're really good in the Chaos space marine army but I have nine which is too many anyway and um mm-hmm. uh so what and i've been really inspired by what's been going on in the demons community right now like i've mentioned on here a few times that there's this um i call it the kaiju list where you have three keepers, keepers of spirits. you have mm-hmm. um a lord of change and you have magnus and you have all of these big models and then you have loads of nerdy objective That that's not really for me like i quite different to roman like i like a knight in the list but i'm not really interested in playing a full knight army um, so I'm not really interested in the demons equivalent of that. And I actually have a theory, I'd be interested to see what Roman thinks of this, that um Tau commanders are zero to mm-hmm. one for detachment, we've had a new Necrons codex, and now Necron overlords are zero to one to, to detachment, we've had a new space marine codex, and now captains are zero to one to in a detachment. I have a strong suspicion that when the demons codex comes out, we'll see greater demon zero to one per detachment. Hmm. Because I don't think games Workshop wants people taking a battalion that is three keepers of secrets and 30 minutes I don't think that's their vision for the game.
1: Yeah, probably you're right. Hmm. So,
0: and also, like that's I'd much prefer like a more traditional type demons army. So that's gonna be my my first goal is to build up my demons collection so that I can have like a four gods style army at 2000 points and that's not me painting 2000 points worth of models i just finished painting my keeper of secrets um so what i'd need to paint would be something along the lines of obviously as i build the army i'll be experimenting to put in but mm-hmm. definitely nurglings, definitely a law of change and uh, almost certainly taking my horrors i just had 10 of because i wanted to have some of all the troops up to you know, 30 painting up the blues and the brims that I have um, are made on screws, so that I can have the 30 units of horrors split Mm -hmm. and at that point I can actually pay 2000 points so it's not actually that much to paint obviously the the Lord of Change will take some time Um, so kind of similar, about another 500 points maybe a thousand depending how how i experiment with the army what i want to add to it i'm actually looking at taking blood letters as well i have the blood letter models i've got 30 of them 10 of them are painted mm-hmm. um but i could take 20 or 30 blood letters and they've been doing quite well um so for me getting a, a
1: tournament level demons army is is my first goal Oof, that's a that's a hu- that's a good goal like tournament level army is always a good goal guys like honestly if you can like if you can do that if you have a possibility and uh, if you have time and everything else that's a really nice new year resolution
0: yeah so if i don't count all the demon princes i have about 3000 points of demons already Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: working on about five hundred points ish to take that collection and change it into an army that will be able to be taken to tournaments. Actually, isn't that much of a of a, like bite to, to take? Uh, and if you're out there and you've got like a pretty healthy, if you've got two thousand points, uh, you can easily work on. Maybe you only only a hundred points, but probably around five hundred points, doubling up on your best units, adding in a few things that you know you're supposed to take in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, just to build the army up to, to a tournament level army. I think that's, that's a good goal for people to have. And that's what I'm going to do with my demons. Ideally, is take them from this ragtag collection of things I've, I've just collected over my like, 20 years of playing the game and turn them into an army that I've been part okay. of. Nice. All right. So, Roman, let's, let's have a second goal from you. Right. It Second to, goal. Yeah, it doesn't just have to be painting. We got we got other other stuff we can do as well.
1: Um, well, honestly, honestly, this year, uh, like by the end of two thousand twenty-one, Jesus Christ, I still can't can't get used to that. It's only well. yeah. two thousand twenty-one. Well, what I really want to do is I want to pass my B two Spanish exam. Okay,
0: that's not forty k, but I will put it on the list.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not forty k at all. But you said that it can be any goal. <laughs> Uh well I, I started to study Spanish uh this uh last March uh last last March uh, beginning of April and I progressed from nothing uh to B1 mm-hmm. uh, so basically I'll start my B1 uh B1 course in uh, Instituto Cervantes uh in uh, in 6 days actually yeah mm-hmm. uh, so, but uh, B1 and B2, they're like a bit, a little bit longer than A. Uh, so, instead of being like in, in two parts, they're in three parts. So, it's going to take me some time uh, to finish B1 and then B2 and then exam. Uh, I think it's, it's awesome. Uh, and uh, one of the, like, one of the basic pros for passing a Spanish exam is, as, as, like, uh, as it is, for example, with the um, German exam as well, the Deutsches Fremdsprache uh that it's like you pass it once and then you keep the record for it forever if you want so basically like it's not like with english with english you need to pass it every every two years i think uh both ielts and TOEFL, if you want uh and they last only for two years so while well with spanish you just pass it once and you have it uh, so that's probably, I really want this to make my new year resolution because I'm really looking uh, into that exam and I'm really working uh, for improving my Spanish. So uh, if I'll achieve that, if I'll achieve that by the end of the year, which is quite possible that I do, but it will require some work, uh, study, homework, and so on and so forth. So if I will do that, I'll be super proud about myself. Okay. Well, we'll check back into that one next year. My next goal
0: is to go to a tournament. Um this is obviously conditional on the vaccines. Yeah, exactly. But, That's why it's like nah. But I, I'm I am pretty determined I will go to some sort of tournament, whether that is a RTT or the London GT. Depends on the on the current climate on the on the virus and everything. But I absolutely want to go to a tournament this year. And because Managed to go to a, none last year because no, corona. we went for
1: one. One white right, right at the start. Right we the went start. for one actually. Like but after, just right after I came from Spain. Mm. Right after that, we had a tournament.
0: Yeah, so we had one at the start of last year. I'm really hoping now, with the vaccine start to roll out, that the restrictions will be rolled back and it'll be safe to go to tournaments. so I, I want to go to a tournament. My stretch goal for that is to go four a one. Um, like traditionally at tournaments, I've been a a three-two or a four-one player. And before the uh, restrictions came in, I was sort of getting into that more sort of consistent, consistently winning, um, going five and zero. I'm not I'm not ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. But if by the end of the year I can go to a few tournaments, get my skills up again, do four and one, I'd be very very happy
1: that's a really nice goal i mean uh, the, why, the why i didn't mention tournaments and why i don't mention tournaments at all uh, as you probably notice guys is because i'm not really sure like what will happen in the future and uh, it's really hard for me to get disappointed with the tournaments because mm-hmm. like last year i was really planning to go to many places uh to participate in triathlon races a uh, few 40k tournaments few vacations and you know what? the only thing that i travel to is the store in 30 minutes from my flat. by foot because that's it i mean like the world unfortunately became so much smaller when you can't really leave your country yeah
0: do you have any any other goals
1: uh, any gaming goals any uh books you want to read well from gaming uh, actually i have a gaming goals um uh, uh Last year, uh, I didn't promise myself anything from games perspective, but actually I achieved one which I'm really proud about. Uh, I experienced a lot of different gaming genres, mm-hmm. uh, way more than I usually did, and um, I actually I, I found quite a few games which were like super amazing, and uh, I didn't expect anything from them or from the genre in general. Like Hades, that that we love to discuss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really play a roguelike before, and Hades was pretty much my first one. But I loved it, that game. If you didn't play that game, guys, like just go for it. That's it. I mean, I'm not going to advise it even more. Just go for it. Uh, so for this year, uh, I want to promise myself to uh, to check the game genres. Like, if the game, like, if the game is good, uh, if it has like a good story, like don't limit myself to like a few genres that I prefer and like open more things to myself uh because that's the experience that you can never overestimate honestly uh, this game this year last year I played a lot of like tactical games and strategy games that I really overlooked in the past and uh, that that was like that was an experience that I really loved and uh for this year I want to promise myself to do it even more because okay. it's really cool so what I'm going to, think if this
0: sounds fair to you, what I'll put down on the list is play two games in genres that you've not played before. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I have one more uh, goal for this year when it comes to 4K. And this is something that I'm going to make Roman do. Uh, <laughs> and hopefully some <laughs> of our other friends as well. Um, I want to play an apocalypse game.
1: Oof, that's really hard. I mean, that's really relies on what team being there and and working. Well, I mean,
0: if the stores open up, which they must do by end of the year, how many points of Imperium have you got, Roman?
1: Uh four thousand points, I think.
0: Yeah, so an Apocalypse game, three thousand points or more. Instead of playing turns, you have time. Um, On to, to do everything you can, but well, you have turns, but you can't do everything your turn. You have 30 minutes to complete your turn, uh, which makes you prioritize. It's actually more tactical in a way. Uh, but if I can, I, I've got 10,000 points of chaos, maybe. So <laughs> my dream is to get you and Dave and maybe some other people involved. Uh, but if I can bring, like, let's say, five, six thousand points of chaos you guys match me in Imperium and then we play a whole day playing an Apocalypse scale game, that, that would be I'd be very very happy um, because I miss playing Apocalypse. I used to play in a club uh, back in London which had some uh, like a really good core group of 40k players who knew each other and about once a year we'd have like a big Apocalypse game. Uh, we're talking like eight players on each side uh, and we'd have the best one we had we had a 10 by 10 board uh, which uh, we did elder buses and we had a campaign leading up to it and we had a 10 foot by 10 foot board uh, with the main forces on and then we had a road that we built that was six foot long by uh, one foot wide going towards that board that had um, an artillery train and a super heavy driving down it and then we had uh, covens trying to stop them moving down and then we had a third board that was like a space hulk board um, that we used to have a spaceship that was being fought over that had an awkward um, table obviously that is like top level apocalypse, that requires like a, an entire club together that's not my goal, my goal is just to get me and Roman, hopefully another couple of people in a room paying a stupid number of points of 40k and just blowing each other up that
1: will, be such, that will be such a great experience. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, I mean, I, I really miss uh, those types of games when you have like the whole day when you just mm-hmm. can play for games. <laughs> well, okay, um, let's hope for that. Yeah. So just to run through them,
0: um, I'm going to get my, my Demon's army into tournament shape. Roman's going to build five hundred, maybe a thousand points by the Custodial Sisters. That will give him a good base to work from to make mm-hmm. an effective list and that he can plug into his other armies. I'm going to go to a tournament, hopefully, and ideally go four on one at that tournament. Roman's mm-hmm. going to pass his B2 Spanish exam. Uh, we're going to play an apocalypse game together. I'm putting that, that's, that's our joint goal now. Um, <laughs> and uh, Roman's going to play two games in genres that he's never played
1: before. Oh, little addition to that do they have to be video games could it be board yeah.
0: games uh yeah, it, should, yeah games? It, should, it,
1: should, it can be any games like honestly
0: yeah yeah cool well i'm sure the listeners would have taken note of some of that so that gives us some social pressure in order to try and achieve those. <laughs> and when we come to the end of the year we'll look back at that list and how well we did uh but to close out
1: today uh book recommendations roman have book you got recommendation. the Yes, I'm ready. I actually I read quite a, quite a lot during those holidays, and I can give you a really cool book. It's not 40k, it's not fantasy, it's not sci-fi or anything. It's a non-fiction book, guys. That's first time ever I recommend a non-fiction book on this podcast. I honestly I don't really I don't really read them. Uh, I only have I only had one favorite one, uh, which I probably will recommend uh, somewhere later on. Uh, But this time, this book is just great. I mean, I finished it in in two days. Like, probably one of the greatest books I started to read last year and finished this year. So the book is called Vietnam, an Epic History of Tragic War. That's a book of uh, Max Hastings. Uh, He was a journalist and uh, he worked in uh, Vietnam during the... uh, uh, during 70s, I think, Uh, and he basically covers the whole history of Vietnam since it's been a colony of France till, till the end of Vietnam War. Honestly, what, what do you know about Vietnam? I didn't know much. I mean, like, for me, Vietnam was like a strange uh, cuisine, which I tried a few times, <laughs> and I've heard about Vietnam War, but basically that's it. Like, I didn't know like, the whole story behind it. I mean, and, I've, uh, seen, I've seen I've the violent movies about it. That's about that's about as far
0: as my knowledge goes. I also know the word clusterfuck was invented to describe the Vietnam War. Did you know that?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Uh uh, but in general, I can tell that, I mean, I didn't know that this that this word was uh, invented uh, to describe the, um, uh, the things that happened during the Vietnam War. But in general, I can tell you that the book is just great. I mean, like it covers everything, how Vietnam appeared to be a state, like what happened during the colonization period, like all the questions that you may potentially have about this tiny, uh, tiny country. Uh, near to Japan and China, and like all the relations that actually happened and why Americans invaded Vietnam, like what Vietnamese troops actually did. And uh, like everything that you probably want to know about this country is just in that book. You will just go for it and you will be astonished by the amount of details and historical context and uh, like evidences from the people who live there or like who... Like whoever like uh, on the side with French or on the side with Northern Vietnamese or Southern Vietnamese people or with Americans, guys, just go for it. Like I I don't really read again. I don't really read nonfiction books. That's, but this one, is just a masterpiece. Honestly, go for it. Again, uh, Vietnam: An Epic History of Tragic War by Max Hastings.
0: Well, yeah, I mean. Is still a war that is kind of relevant to what's, being, what's going on in America right now. So I can see why it's it useful and interesting to read. Um, I am going on a completely different track. Uh, I'm looking at H.G. Wells. So uh, Audible has just recently released a collection of H.G. Wells books. Um, mm-hmm. They have The First Men in the Moon, The Time Machine, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and The War of the Worlds, of course. And you get all four of these books in one collection. It's like 24 hours of entertainment, which is very good value for one Audible credit. And mm-hmm. uh, these are books that like I always read when I was a kid and I remember them being really good. And <laughs> obviously we pretty, pretty much everyone saw the War of film. I actually saw that in America. And if you've never been to an American cinema, I try it out because the thing of people shouting at the screen, I don't know if it was just because I was in Florida. But people were genuinely shouting at the screen. At one point, someone said, you get getting Tom Cruise! I was like, wow, this is... Uh, <laughs> I'm glad this isn't my always my cinema experience, but glad I've experienced it because it's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, these are like four classic sci-fi books, and they are highly influential into what's been created in the sci-fi background of um, 40K. I'd say, um, other than... Um, uh, like the Call of Cthulhu and those sort of, I've forgotten his name, Roman, what's his name? Um, Lovecraft. Yeah, other than Lovecraft being like the <laughs> extreme example of like what has created the the Chaos Gods. Um, H.G. Wells is a big influence on the Games Workshop writing team. Um, mm-hmm. So to see how sci- and how sci-fi has developed over the years i mean they're all really good books and to get them all in one package on audible i think is is a really good deal So and, uh, i'm gonna start listening to them myself i remember mm-hmm. them being good and you can listen to them at the same time
1: mm-hmm. and uh, by the way do you know that actually when um uh, the war of the worlds when it was just released uh it was actually anticipated as a critique against uh, British, uh, British way of colonization. Mm-hmm. So it actually didn't just have like a, a scientific or cultural impact, but also political impact in it as well. Um, another great
0: story about the War of the Worlds is um, they did a radio play of it on BBC and they didn't introduce it as a radio play. They just started playing the radio play. And people genuinely believed there'd been an alien invasion and people in Britain were panicking oh, yeah, 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 and calling the police <laughs> and trying to contact Parliament, um, which is one of the greatest pranks that I've, <laughs> I've ever heard of. Like, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, um, really important books in like the literary, literary history of, um, of Europe and really good books and a highly influential 40K. So I think that collection is, is a must, honestly. Yeah, yeah,
1: like can't argue cool. that.
0: Cool. Uh, so good to be back. Um, hopefully, all my new stuff is working well. I've actually started another podcast called uh, "The Adventures of a Rogue Trader and His Moppy Crew." So I've been so I've been able to test this equipment, and it seems to have been coming out quite well. Uh, check that out if you are into something a bit more narrative. Basically, I've taken Forty K and adapt uh, and adapted um dnd to sort of fit into the universe and it's me and a group of my friends from england who have been recording and having a little adventure and we're just getting to the point where some like interesting plot points are starting to build and um it's a lot more work than this i can tell you that so i'm really proud of it so if you listen to this and you help, you want something else to listen to and hopefully you like the sound of my voice uh, check out the adventure <laughs> of Broke Trader and his Motley crew and um, to follow along in our ventures in the forty first millennium.
1: Nice, nice. I'll definitely look into that. Mm-hmm. I didn't have chance to listen to it, but I will.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh it's, it's a lot more work than this. Like I, I take about an hour to edit this podcast. The first episode of that took me five. Um because it, when it's not interesting to listen to people discussing rules. Like mm-hmm. who cares? But you kind of have to cut out a lot of the normal DMG chat and then it kind of flows into more of like a, hopefully more like a radio play. Um, so yeah, check it out. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Warhammer Wookies. Send us any questions, comments. Send us your New Year's resolutions. Um, if anyone out there has some cool ones then we'll mention them next week. Um, I know Alex and Nick should be listening and uh, I expect them
1: to, to have some to give me. So Uh, We'll catch up with you guys next week. Catch you you guys next week and uh, talk to you later.